This podcast is explicit from the start and not suitable for children. Everyone else. Okay. Everyone okay. else. Are you ready? This is the gem. Okay. What tucking is, is um, hiding your male genitalia to make it look like you have female genitalia. It is not a very comfortable experience, let me tell you. There's two folds. You can get like tape and you can tape. You, you like, push your testes up into like a little cavity and you pull your, your penis then, back into uh, your ass and then you. Basically, what they did, I showed you. You type it up. It's not the most special. Do my eyes, which take the eyes. I've done it once or twice, but because I'm hairy and which is like lots of layers of different coloured kind of contouring. <laughs> <laughs> It's too much, so I, I, I literally stopped taping myself. But then I, I was going online, and they had this magical invention, which is like anyone who wants to tuck out there, this is the way to go. What you do, you the highest take the longest to do because it's kind of end off a um, you don't want to fuck that a up. pair of stockings. So you know, like the top of the like the about an inch around. You chop that off, then you get yourself a tube sock, um, and then you just cut the ankle off, and then you slip that through the the, the stockings through the tube sock. So it's like um, looks like a basically a pair of undies with like a little. Sh- um, Everyone, doesn't matter who they are, female, Pushing your testicles up into the, um, that little socket and pulling your penis through to your palm. But then you just lift up the sock and then that kind of thing just supports it. Foundation and blush and eyeliner and lipstick. All night long. Like, but the beard is tricky because like the glitter does go everywhere. I think that's the hardest thing. Actually, that's the hardest thing. Going to the bathroom when you're in drag. The amount of layers of stockings you had wait so you had to brush it out so it's to make it like schmick and kind of clean blah 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 like constantly my bank was just like oh and I have something that can pull out you don't you have to like, <laughs> like, to like pull it take it off oh horrible so um are you ready that's tucking um I was born with childbearing hips. On my Instagram, you can see all the photos of me in... I'm not wearing any padding at all. It's just, that's my waist. Like, my waist and my hips just... It's funny, I look better in female clothes than I do in men's clothes. Because my proportions are so odd as a man. Um, When I wear female clothes, it kind of fits well, I guess. Um... Yeah, and it's funny because when I when I started going to buy clothes in drag, I was so scared and intimidated. And I'd go into the clothes shops and I'd pick out a dress or anything. I'm like, I'm like, can I go try this on? And um, they're like, uh, uh, really? And I'm like, yeah. 
But the thing is, after a couple of shops in, this lady came up to me and she was so friendly and just like, oh, do you want to try this on? Do you want to try this on? And then from then on, I was like, oh, fuck it. Like, this wine am I being, like, it's just clothes. So from then on, I was kind of like, okay, I'm getting into this. And now I don't really care if I, I'll just take whatever and, and just try it on. My hat goes off to women. I like it's really expensive. I will put it out there. I, for anyone who wants to drag, it is like really expensive. People told me this in the beginning. Like constantly, my bank was just like, ah, this hurts. <laughs> Think about my style. It's kind of um, I'm trying to I'm trying to go for like a, a pin-up kind of style of like I, I go from there to like slut. <laughs> so they're, they're my two two kind of things. So pin up and slut. Pin up as in 1950s, 1960s, cinched in waist and red bombshell, femme fatale kind of style. And then when I wear my studded bra and, and spandex and slappy kind of skirts, then um, it's just, it's really it's. I feel like it's so interesting to see this gigantic man wear these like really slutty, provocative female clothes and what that means. Because obviously when you're walking down the street and people kind of see you, I get the weirdest comments or I don't get negative comments. I get more like, holy fuck, like who, like, holy shit. Like they get shocked. Like, and that's what's fucking brilliant about it is that they, I sit there and I shock them out of reality. Um, and then of course I have a beard. I, my aesthetic, I'm trying to make myself as pretty as possible to have the biggest impact. Oh, so funny. My beard is so massive at the moment. It is a bit juicy. It's it's funny because I specifically only wear ginger wigs. That's my, my thing. Of course, I have a ginger beard and I'm ginger. And everyone mistakes my hair as real. I have like an afro. I have... I have eight wigs now. It's crazy. All different styles. Crimped, wavy, um, curly. I think it's the beard because they're similar colors because I'm, I'm very specific with what color I get. I don't get like bright orange. I don't get like red. I get like the same color as my beard. And because it molds so well together, they're like, wait a second, is that your real hair? Oh, wow. How did you, how did you crimp your hair today? I'm like, really? But it's good, like, saying that at the same time. It's, it's fun that, like, it looks real. I don't go for, like, a, a pageant look. I go for, like, a realistic style. I got booked for a gig, and I told oh, my parents to come along because it's the first time they've seen me in, in a dress. They were so, so excited when I saw me. I have this picture of my dad. He's literally the tiniest little person you've ever seen in your life. I'm 6'5 I'm in real life, and he's only 5'6", so he's tiny. He's like this little kind of buttery, round-faced man. And um, I'm standing in my seven-inch heels, and he's just under my arm. I'm just like, and he's a little beamy little face. He's so cute. Um, but yeah, I'm glad I, they came to see me perform because... I wanted them to see that I'm kind of doing the same thing I was doing in Australia, which is in a dress in Edinburgh. I had this really amazing experience. People would come up to me and just take photos of me because I'm there and, you know, making a scene of myself. This family comes up to me and this dad walks up to me proudly and he's, it was a mum and dad and, and two boys. 
10 and 14. And um, he comes up to me. He's like, oh, can my son take a photo with you? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And it's like, he wants to be a drag queen when he grows up. And I was just like, oh my God, I'm dying. And he comes up to me and he was so excited. And he's just like, yeah, I want to be a drag queen, but I'm only 14. And like his parents were so proud and so supportive. And I was just like, you just, you just keep doing what you do. You know, you practice your makeup and like, just practice your skills, go do a dance class, you know, just keep watching YouTube, keep watching like things that inspire you, go explore your artistic kind of self just to see that kind of love and support from his family and it was just mind-blowing saying that I'm very very blessed I have um, a wonderfully supportive family they've always been there whenever I've done anything you know as a performer I go through this roller coaster of life <laughs> ups and downs turnarounds I'm always on to the phone my mom either elated or kind of like oh my god mom what's happening with my life and she's like well you did choose it so you can always choose to do something totally different I'm like like what one of my negative experiences was um, in the club I was working at where a security guard would not even talk to me he just flatly ignore me it was the night after the Orlando killings and I went into work and I wasn't like terribly affected by it but I was it was in the back of my mind all the security guards were in the front of the office and I I was like excuse me and I literally just touched him on the arm to like move him away and he's like don't touch me I'm sorry what don't touch me hold up yep you have a problem with me touching you so I kind of ignored it and I went went into the office got my got my things and I got back out and then I was like no I'm not letting this lie down I'm confronting this do you have a problem with me don't talk to me I'm sorry what don't talk to me dude I'm just wearing these clothes this doesn't change who I am so you have no right to talk to me this way I, I don't understand why you have a problem with me wearing a dress and wearing female clothes it's just my job, you know? And then he's running wrong about don't, don't talk to me. I'm like, no, no, no. This is the reason why this ignorance and this is kind of like this hatred towards the different is why people get killed, why people get hurt. Because you are perpetuating this kind of horrible behavior. Needless to say, I, I kind of walked away and everyone was trying to calm down because I was like kicking off and every, or like the security guys are just like, no, 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 we will look after it. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not. Oh, I'm full like just like about to like kick off. I had my heels on. I was like, I was like, take him on. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a violent person at all. I just put, put it out there. Anyone lays a finger on me, I'll scream and cry. I'm a big wuss. The way I am in drag and I feel like I have the kind of similar personality when I put a dress on compared to when I'm not but it's just what I look like so when I'm in drag I'm, I'm all done up and it takes me hours to get ready and lots of suction pants and tights and layers upon layers upon layers to get me like the feminine figure but when I'm out of drag I'm literally just this guy just a dude <laughs> like wearing shorts and t-shirt and look like a hobo from experiences I've had that when I've told people that what I do people get 
kind of like not weirded out, but they they see they meet me as a person. They're like, oh, really? I get a lot of like, oh, do you get paid to do that? I'm like, yes, I do. I think that's the kind of the most negative experience I've had about like the validity of being a drag queen. If you look about it, in, especially in England, it's such a big career for lots of people. Like if you look at Mrs. Brown's Boys, you look at Little Britain, you look at all these people. Like it's it's been part of the English culture for so long. Like pantomimes and and all kind of stuff in Australia it does not exist. If I was doing drag in Australia, I'd probably I would never do it because it would be seen in such a negative way because we don't have that culture behind it all. So in, in Australia, it's really only based in the gay world, in nightclubs, and and has like a, a negative connotation. But here, the breadth and width of kind of what drag beats is a lot more. But biggest thing I had to say is that in, in London, on the tube, still no one talks to me. I could be full up in like garb and everyone just looks at me kind of by side eye. They don't actually interact. The tube is such an interesting space where like no one actually interacts with each other. Everyone's so closed off. And um, I think that's the weirdest thing I've, I've I kind of experienced. I expect someone to be like, like, you know, what are you doing tonight? Or like, wow, you look really interesting. But people are kind of scared to interact in the tube. But saying that, the English people also love a dress-up party. Without a doubt, every party is a dress-up party. Like without a, like, but it's interesting because the psychology behind that is like they don't allow themselves to be like that in real life. But only on that certain night can they come out and get dressed up and be crazy and loud. Like why can't you just that, do that all the time? You don't need a costume to do it. I'm loud and boisterous in and out of a out of a dress. <laughs> like, doesn't matter what I'm wearing. I went to clown school in Paris. When I was doing clowning there, I found it so hard because I wasn't funny. And it's such... No, I I was funny, but I wasn't, like, funny as a clown. But it's now doing drag. I feel like I found my clown. It's a long process in the Goya, which is, like, the clown school I went to, where he has a very specific method of, of being a clown. And he says it takes about 40 years to actually discover your clown. To be a clown, you have to be so innocent and um, and stupid. Like, absolutely stupid. You are an idiot, a complete, utter idiot, who has this dream. And he thinks he's a genius. Yes, he thinks he's going to become like a Nobel Peace Prize winner or win Oscar or something like that. But he has no idea of how he's going to do it. But he lives in this blind hope that he's going to do it. He comes out and he thinks he's going to do this amazing kind of Shakespeare, but he doesn't even know who Shakespeare is. And it's with his failure which, which makes him funny. But what that's done for my drag persona or, or my acts is gives me the license to just be an idiot and kind of fail. And I, I just love performing in drag. I think it allows you to fuck up. 
if, and, and funny because when I'm when I'm singing when I'm not in drag, I have a, a very different concept of singing. I'm very more like technical. I'm like, oh, oh, if I fuck up that note, I'm like, oh, I fucked up that note. Oh shit, shit, shit. But in drag, I'm like, oh fuck it, I could, I could give a shit. I think that's the best thing about drag. Like, it gives you the permission just to say fuck it. Who cares? I've done so many performances where something goes wrong. I'm like, oh, well. And as long as you make it fun and back to the clowning, like you don't chastise yourself about it and you kind of just make it part of the act or you make it part of the whole experience. And it's so freeing, liberating. I haven't had any kind of hecklers yet, so I'm I'm hoping I don't ever. I think my acts also aren't really kind of nightclub-y. They're more like theatre pieces. I do a piece singing Big Spender from um, Hey Big Spender while eating a whole bucket of chicken. Um, (laughs) Do you know what? It's just the love of theatre and the love of creating that this has allowed me to re-explore. Because before um, I was doing drag, I was was falling out of love with the concept of theatre and and the, the profession of acting because I felt so boxed in and so disheartened about the whole process and kind of having to wait for someone else to deem me worthy to be in something. Well, now it's kind of reinvigorated me and I, I get so much more passion out of seeing other people's work and I'm like, oh, wow, I could be doing that. I could be creating that as well. So I think that's what this has allowed me to do. Whether I'm going to be a 75-year-old man still wearing a dress, I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> but I think right now it's serving me, serving the purpose of allowing me to just explore all this creativity I have in my, in my kind of my being. And if I take over the world, which I will, <laughs> you've heard it here now, um, I'll be taking over the world. Um, I can't tell the future, but all all I know is that. I I have some big dreams and I want them to come true. (laughs) So hopefully they will. Yeah.